welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and of course, I'm joined by Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? It's been a good day. Yeah? It's been an entertaining day. Man, NBA Twitter, since the NBA Finals, like, most leagues die off, like, hard after the championship. Not the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it gave us a day. I'm I'm here for it, though. Like, so many people have asked me, like, what are you going to do on the podcast now that the league is over? What, keep, what am I going to do? This is a th- 365 league. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, someone understands. Well, before we get too much into the episode, um, remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Um, give us a rating and a review if you haven't already. We would greatly appreciate that. And some breaking news, Matt, when it comes to our social media. We have an Instagram now. We on the gram. We haven't posted anything yet. Because we literally just made it. Because <laughs> we literally just made it. Um, but our handle for uh, Instagram, if you're interested, is CouchGM Podcast. It's all typed out. We greatly appreciate a follow there. Uh, we're going to be getting some content out on there this week, especially with the draft coming up. How excited are you, Matt? I'm pumped for the draft. It's like one of my favorite things of all the NBA. Obviously, it's like the finals. And like very, very close behind it is the draft. It's like 2A draft to be the first 24 hours of free agency. Yeah, the free agency for me is what takes King over most things in the NBA. But like I've, I've scrolled through your mock draft. You have, for, for context, this is your third mock draft. Like this is your third edition yeah. of the mock draft. Well, stuff happens. You right, know, we trades. Have, we, first it's just like college season ends, and then it's we finally get to the combine. Then we get through the the playoffs. There's some little trades here and there. And and <laughs> and, and then eventually, like here in a, a handful of days on Thursday, we'll end up at the draft. So it's like, yeah, I want to refine it based off of what I see, what I hear. You get to more, just more time to scout players. So it's one of my favorite times. But it's like the NBA just won't let us get to the draft, though. Yeah. It's like we got to fill the the week long void in between the finals ending and the draft. So, a la Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into the news. Let's get into the news, Matt. What do we got in the news this so, week? So, first and foremost, Anthony Davis, he got his wish. Um, Rich Paul made it happen. The Lakers acquire the Pelicans' big man in what turns out to be a just massive deal. And we'll get into the details as part of our main topic this week, so I won't give them to you yet. But also, we know now that, uh, that Clay tore his ACL. And that Katie has had surgery um, for an Achilles injury. Um, we we knew uh, shortly after the finals ended that this is what happened, but just wanted to throw it out there in case you hadn't heard it. Going back a little bit in time, just because some things happened during the finals, and we just wanted to focus on like games being played at the time, because basketball is actually about games played, not just free agency and, 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 and draft news. Um, so some things that had happened in case you missed it. Brooklyn traded for Alan Crabb. Or Brooklyn traded Allen Crabb, the number 17 pick in this year's draft, and an unprotected 2020 first-round pick, to the Atlanta Hawks for Torian Prince and a 2021 second-round pick. Really, as much as anything, Brooklyn, they were trading for cap space, and they've made it. Not the first time a New York team has done that this season. We'll see how it works out, though. Um, um, 
I kind of like that, like, just on a side note, like, outside of freeing up cap space, Torian Prince, kind of a nice player for Brooklyn. He's in the last year of his rookie deal at, like, three million, I think, three and a half. So, a nice player who can probably be productive, and I think this is, if he wants to, he'll get it, a second NBA contract for sure, but if it, he wants it to be more in the 10 million plus range per year, he needs to have a good year for Brooklyn, so I bet they get the best Torian Prince. Kenny Atkinson's a good coach. Uh, I think he'll do well there. Um, player news. Now we, we're starting to get towards free agency um, on June 30th. But a lot of players have player options to pick up or decline between now and then. So Aaron Baines picks up his $5.9 million player option with the Celtics. But as we all knew, Kyrie does not pick his up. Um, as well as firing his agent and signing with Rock Nation. Um just just hilarious a lot of people speculated because like jay-z was connected to rock nation and thus connected to the nets like that he was for sure going to the nets i don't i don't know if it's fully true another connection is the um the ceo of, of rock nation i believe it's his brothers um a part of the nets um management and and ownership so Another little connection there. Who knows if it actually comes to to be anything, but he declined his player option. We'll throw that out there. Someone <laughs> who did not, um, Goran Dragic, picked up his $19.2 million player option with the Heat. Of course We all did. knew that was coming. <laughs> Go get your money, Goran. Um, as well as Marvin Williams picked up his $15 million who? player option <laughs> with the Hornets. Dude, that, he was drafted like in 2005 out of North Carolina. That's on those crazy. awesome North Carolina teams back then, but it's like this dude's still in the league. I think he's actually a pretty good player, um, still. But man, for fifteen mil, Charlotte's just—I feel like that's like the most like who in the world dude at fifteen million dollars. I know, I know. <laughs> this is this is the problem with Charlotte though. Jonas Valanciunas, after being traded from the Raptors to the Grizzlies, decided to decline his seventeen point six million dollar player option with the Grizzlies, but it's because he's looking for a long-term deal with the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back with Memphis on something more for like a three for 30 deal, something maybe, I don't know, three for 40. So although it's not 17.6 next year, it gives him some more security long-term. Julius Randle just um, announced today, declined his $9 million player option with the Pelicans. Maybe he didn't see himself fitting next to, to Zion. Or maybe he's just looking for more money um, from the Pelicans. Try and squeeze him. Dude's going to get paid this summer. He had a good year. He had a really good year. Um, He proved like he belongs in the NBA for sure. So we'll just see where he ends up. A couple non-player news, though. Um, After Toronto won the the championship, something we kind of thought was coming, but apparently the Wizards are trying to lure Masai Ujiri away from the Raptors with a massive GM offer of $10 million a year, something like that, and also potential minority ownership in the Wizards, which is just incredible to, to think. Like, the Wizards and all their just self-destructive tendencies are going to throw that much money at a GM. And Okay, okay. Like, I'm not is, surprised. This is the most Wizards thing ever. Like, Masai Ujiri gets a lot of credit for this year, and he should. It took a lot of guts to make the... Bets he did on his players. However, for a long time, this Toronto team was not able to get over the hump. This is like yeah. the most like Wizards thing ever. It's like super reactionary. Super reactionary. 
Yeah, and I mean, I don't know who you're bringing in that's somehow making the best out of the John Wall contract deal. Good luck, um, but I'm not even sure he takes it because he might just like what he's got going on in Toronto. Unless Free he, healthcare in Canada. So there you go. Um, you don't get stopped by security in Toronto. Uh, and the last piece of news is the Memphis Grizzlies finally hire a head coach. It's almost like, oh, yeah, they didn't have a coach. <laughs> um, played like it last year. Uh, they hired a guy named Taylor Jenkins. He was an assistant for the – got Ryan Dine over here. Um, for the Milwaukee Bucks this past year, um, younger coach. Seems to be well-respected across the league, though. Big part of Budenholzer um, and his system this year with Milwaukee. I'm, I feel like the Grizzlies are hoping they saw what happened with Giannis and the development there bringing that to, to Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, along with whoever they draft this year, which makes sense. I think it's it's a fine hire. It's low expectations for a guy who's getting his first crack at an NBA head coaching job. I hope it works out for him, but that Grizzly situation's tough, so I guess it's all about expectations. I mean, like, how long do, do you expect this guy to last? Because I feel like... For the Grizzlies, you don't last past, like, a year and a half. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's like, what do you expect to do with... Like a whole bunch of young dudes and... Just make sure that money's guaranteed in your contract. Jeez, <laughs> Get them paying you for the next five years. Um, we'll see what the deals are on that. Or Except the, some pina coladas in yeah. the Caribbean. Uh, so, good for him, I guess. This is something that a lot of people want the chance for. He got it. That's the news for this week. Kind of rounded up everything that's been going on outside of the finals for the last week or so. Because the NBA is just busy all the time, it's hard. It's easy to miss stuff, and it's hard to get caught up. But that's that's the gist of what all's been going on lately. So let's get into our thought of the week then, because we haven't done this in a while because of our emergency podcasts. We've had lots of thoughts, just not of the week, Matt. Uh, what's your thought of the week? So in relation to everything that's been happening the last about five days man the knicks are screwed (laughs) i mean one it's just the knicks so things just happen to them um usually because of their own doing but between this the points pointing out katie's injury Kyrie's uncertainty of just what is he gonna do because i don't think he knows what he's gonna do kimba's loyalty to the charlotte hornets and then just Kawhi's standards for, like, I'm not going somewhere that sucks. Um, man, those are, like, four of the top free agents that I think are automatically off the Knicks board, to be honest. And Clay's not going there. Um, I'm pretty confident in that. Man, your options now all of a sudden look like Jimmy Butler and D'Angelo Russell. I'm not saying that those are bad players at all, but that's not who the Knicks were thinking they were they were getting whenever you trade Kristaps Porzingis and we're just tanking for this moment. You, you're going to get D'Angelo Russell. The best part is they thought they had Zion in the bag, right? They did too. And then the lottery did lottery things and just quote unquote screwed them. And they also in turn thought they had Anthony Davis because they could get Zion. Because you could trade Kevin Knox. For Anthony Davis. I had I got in an argument with someone the other day about like the New York's Nick Knicks trade package. I was like, they were like, you could get the th- number three pick. And I was like, 
And who else are you giving me? Yeah. Because Mitchell Robinson does not equate to Anthony Davis, even though Mitchell Robinson is a nice player. He had a good rookie year. He definitely exceeded expectations, but his expectations were a second-round pick who didn't play college basketball because he sat out slash was... He had to leave Western Kentucky. Um, (laughs) So just it's just like the Knicks... I don't know if they even like the pieces they have right now, let alone the fact that they set up to get pieces now that I don't think five or six of the top free agents are even considering them. I think they're exactly where we thought they would be, but they're nowhere close to where they thought they would be. And it's just the most Knicks thing to happen. It's like, I can't, part of me is like, we shouldn't even give them, I shouldn't even give them the time of day to talk about their just stupidity and like their approach to all this but i mean you don't go out and try and make big moves and then just swing and miss and not get talked about so here we are i mean they haven't missed yet i'm just i see the batter walking up to the plate and i'm just calling strike out right now <laughs> he's quaking in his shoes the yeah. necks have blinked yeah i mean it's just like like a lot of the things are unfortunate like katie's entry like would he have been a nick with him being healthy through the playoffs and winning the championship and i don't know maybe he he still ends up being a nick but you don't have him for a year for sure yeah maybe but like what are you getting back when he does come back because like there have been reports about this achilles injury and like rightfully so like it could take you from a top player in the world like kevin durant is to like a top 10 which like a top 10 player is a really nice player does he get you a championship by himself no like he that's where like other dudes have to come in it's just such a tough thing for the Knicks um but they definitely put themselves in this situation because trading away your best player for cap space is something you generally don't do but the Knicks are they tried it we'll see if it works probably won't probably won't but but I just needed to throw it out there now and I I can't wait to see the reaction on NBA Twitter whenever like it just doesn't happen and everyone's surprised by it. Right. Um so my thought of the week is uh kind of off injuries, speaking of injuries. How much do these Golden State injuries so Clay and Kevin Durant affect key free agency decisions? It's kind of like what you were talking about. There's like if you think about it like the Warriors could be struggling for a playoff spot next year in the West. Like, if they're not careful. With Steph and Draymond just by themselves, and Clay projected probably play post-All-Star game, and Kevin Durant, if he ends up staying, he's going to be out for a year. So, like, what does this team look like? How are they going to build around Steph and Draymond knowing that? And I think, like, the Lakers obviously have a big power move right now with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but they don't have much else on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does a Houston look like next year? What does a Portland look like next year? What do the Clippers look like next year when maybe they can go get a Kawhi and still win the West without really a fully healthy Golden State if Golden State keeps all of its key pieces? Uh, and how much does that affect, like, Kawhi coming back west or, like, staying in Toronto? How much does that affect uh, Kemba, Kemba Walker, um, and where he ends up going? Because, like, you can go somewhere and still, like, theoretically. Like, there's not this, like, taboo on the Western Conference yeah. anymore. Um, you see opportunity now. Yeah, yeah. There's just more opportunities for more contenders this year, I think. 
And I think the West is going to be a little bit more varied than what we've seen in the past, depending on where these guys end up. But, like, ultimately, like, some of these rosters are pretty set. Like, Houston, for example. Like, they're probably not making any huge roster decisions. Austin's via trade. Yeah. And Daryl Morey has confirmed on Instagram. You know how much that means. Right, Matt? I I do know. Since we're on the gram now, I know. (laughs) Uh, So, like, I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a possibility for the Thunder. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not doing it, but maybe there is. Um, Matt, let's get into our big topic of the week. Are you ready for this? I, I, I wanted, like, the, the are you ready for this song. <laughs> are you? Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Anthony Davis. Who? Or the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm? But there was a trade involving both this week. Why don't you break it down it gets for us? nuts. Um, yeah, we. it's like the finals end, and here we go. So, obviously, the Lakers are getting Anthony Davis. We, I think you and I, we always say, like, the team that gets the star wins the trade. Yep. But at the same time, I, the Lakers were seemed to be doing this out of a spot of desperation. Like, they knew, like... We, we got LeBron for a couple more years at peak LeBron, and we got to make it work now. And you got the star. You definitely got the star in the deal. But don't act like the Lakers like didn't give up anything or, or didn't have to get this done. They did. And in return for that spot of desperation and just the elite level of, of talent that is Anthony Davis, the Pelicans in return got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick in this year's NBA draft, the t- a 2021 first-round pick that's top eight protected if for some reason the Lakers were in the top eight, though, which they, they shouldn't be, that pick would roll over to 2022 unprotected. Then the Pelicans get the right to a pick swap in 2023 if they want. So that means if the Lakers were picking... 15th and the Pelicans were picking 20th. The Pelicans could swap and move up to 15 and the Lakers would move back. And then the Pelicans also get an unprotected first round pick from the Lakers in 2024 with defer rights on it. That means if the Pelicans see the Lakers get the 26th pick in 2024 and they're like, well, we don't want that. We think you're going to be worse next year. They can defer it, so they get defer rights on it to 2025. And because this trade can't actually be completed till July 26th or, or July 6th, sorry, I, I'm curious to see if that defer right for 2024 to 2025 would also extend to 2026, because it's possible it could go another year. So. It seems like the Lakers gave up a lot, but you got a lot of talent in return in the form of one player, Anthony Davis. So this is the big question now, was giving up their future post-LeBron worth it? Ask that to the Brooklyn Nets. Is this the same, though, as the Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics? So it's, it's not quite the same. Sure, I'll caveat it with that, because... What Boston traded away was two two stars post their prime. They were, they were older. Anthony Davis is coming into his prime. <laughs> However, he's only twenty six. 
which is incredible, but. He is very injury prone and is a free agent. True. Next summer. So next summer, are we going to talk, be talking about Anthony Davis's free agency when he's done playing with LeBron? You know, I think there's an, just this is gut feeling. There's like an 80% chance he, he's re-signing with the Lakers. He's just not doing it as an extension right now. He's just waiting till free agency so he can get more money. But even then, like, if anyone thinks Anthony Davis is signing a five-year deal, I think you're wrong. Like, it's going to be a two plus one. Yeah, it's going to be how much LeBron is there in Los Angeles. That's exactly. it. Well, and and it, so it's like LeBron has three more years left. So it's this year, and then I think Anthony Davis is signing, like you said, a two plus one because that's when LeBron's contract expires. But also after those three years, that puts Anthony Davis as eligible for the 35% Supermax because he's played 10 years in the NBA by that point then. So then you're eligible for more money. And at that point, man, he's gone. Like he could be easily gone. But I think he initially resigns with the Lakers. I do think the Lakers made this trade with that confidence. I don't, I don't think you can give up picks going into 2023 2024 potentially 2025 those are four five six years down the road well also by the way two first two number two overall picks yeah by the way with without at least the idea that he's here for three-ish years at the minimum so i think anthony davis is definitely a laker for the next three years it's just a matter of what what past that does this end up coming back to bite the Lakers in the long term? But maybe like with Kawhi and Toronto, if you can get that championship now, does it make it worth it? What I saw the meme of, of from uh, the Avengers movies where oh, um, Thanos had to yeah. had to sacrifice Gamora, and if you're thinking that's a spoiler, that was like two movies ago. <laughs> um, where it's like, what was it worth it? You, sacrificing everything? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yes. Um, if if they win a championship, this, I think this is worth it for the Lakers. But if you don't, and Anthony Davis is gone after a year or even three years, this is just a huge stain on the Lakers. I would agree. So there's a couple. I mean, like a couple nuances with this too, right? Like LeBron's getting older. He got injured for a significant yeah. amount of time last year. What if that happens again? We've seen Anthony Davis plus okay players. Oh, it, you're going full load management this year. Like, those guys should not be playing over 65 games each. They should alternate, like, how they miss games. I, I don't want them sitting at the same time. I want because probably the, the one of them, they're good enough to win 30, 35 games. So I'm saying... Let's sit LeBron for about 17 games. Let's sit Anthony Davis for about 17 games. Maybe there's a few injury things. So they each end up missing 20 games. Let's alternate those 20 games. Let's make sure they're never missing at the same time. You're winning enough games. And those dudes are are Kawhi rested for the playoffs. Because if you think you're playing another 24 games, there it is. How, uh, How much rest is Frank Vogel known for, though? Oh, Frank Vogel is all about defense and effort and hustle. So, so like he's it's not be, it's not gonna be his choice if they do 
really buy into the load management rest philosophy for these guys. Dude's going to be fired by like all-star break. Oh, uh, maybe. I, I mean, it, we talked about it before the NBA finals. Like it's kind of weird that Jason Kidd's basically brought in and they've already announced as soon as Frank Vogel's gone, Jason Kidd's the head coach. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this dude like doing? He's like, you're going to fire me in like six months, 12 months and just have this other guy take over. Like, this is ridiculous. But I actually really like Frank Vogel as coach of the Lakers. It's because he's going to make other, not LeBron. You can't make LeBron play defense. He'll sure. do it when he feels like it. Yep. But everyone else, if you can get everyone else to play defense and then just like stand around the three-point line and hit threes for LeBron, heck, that's all Frank Vogel really needs to do is convince them to do that. All of a sudden, you got a team LeBron can really work with. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Like This is definitely not the end for the Lakers in terms of roster building. They did a really poor job of that this past season, but they need more three-point shooting, and that comes at a premium. And it's yes. like you have one more, one more big max spot. Kind, kind of. of. You only have about $23.5 left. So you have like... I feel like a one plus one. Maybe. Yeah, because a lot of these guys opting out, like Kyrie opting out, his was for 21 mil. Yeah. Like, if someone's opting out of their, their deal to to come to you, like, I feel like they're they're wanting more than that. And that's just for one more guy. And in case you don't know, there have to be five people on a basketball court. <laughs> Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and whoever you get might be great players. Yeah. But like there you have can't to be, be other guys. Lance Stevenson though as your point guard or shooting guard or whatever you want to call him. Can you? So we'll we'll skip a little ahead because one of our questions was how will the Lakers continue to build this team? Do you think getting uh, another Max ish type guy, whether it's a Kemba, Jimmy, who knows if if Kyrie is really considering this or not? One of those guys is that the right move for the Lakers? So I've seen this idea talked a lot about on Twitter. It's like, should the Lakers get like another Max dude or go get like just a whole bunch of good players? Like three good players. Yeah. My thought is like traditionally in the NBA, you need three superstars to win championships. That's generally the case. Yeah. Like look at Toronto. You have Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam. Three dudes. Like they had nice players around him. But, like, they were also on expiring contracts and, like, trade deals and rookies, Mm -hmm. rookie deals and all that stuff. Example, Pascal Siakam. But, like, Golden State, like, there was Steph, Clay, and KD. You just need three dudes to win a championship. I think if they stick out with two dudes, we're going to be talking about in the postseason, why don't they have a third dude? I think they need to go get a Kemba, a Jimmy Butler type player. So part of me like wants to agree because uh, it's it's back to the trade philosophy. If you get the star, you win the trade. Right. Right. And so in this situation, okay, you got you got twenty three ish million dollars in cap space still. If you use that money though, if you can somehow convince Jimmy Butler, for example, or Kemba Walker, for example, to come to your team for that, so taking a a pay cut in terms of what they should be getting. You're like your only options after that are just to bring back the meme squad, like, <laughs> the minimum dudes. Yeah, like that's all you can really do from there. You can use like your mid-level exception for uh, like four or five million, but 
tell me KCP's not going to be on this team next year, repped by Rich Paul and Clutch. Like, he he's going to be in L.A. Like, and that's probably what that's being spent on. I mean, maybe get a couple dudes on the minimum, but... Doesn't KCP have a no-trade clause? He He's going to be a, a free agent, oh, though. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. It's like, he's going to come back, but probably for less money. Like, there's, I don't think they can pay him as much as they were this past year. So it's like, I don't... We, we criticize so heavily this team that they, quote-unquote, built last year. And it's more like you just took a shovel and scraped guys off the scrap heap. But it's like, it, can you just bring those guys back plus Anthony Davis and minus Lonzo Hart and Ingram and expect to be substantially better? No. I, you, you went from a 35-win team last year. What do you, I, I know LeBron missed some, but what, do you, what does Anthony Davis get you to? 45? Yeah. 40, 48? And he's probably overlapping missing games too, like with LeBron. You man, you're fighting for a playoff spot still. Like it's not like you're you're up there. So it's like that that would make me super uncomfortable. And so like part of me says, yeah, get a get a star. But part of me's like, you could go get three or four really, really good role players. And surround LeBron if you do it the right way this time. That's a huge asterisk on this. Like, that could be probably to me, like, the more stable move. Like, okay, you need a point guard, realistically. And maybe you're not thrilled about Rajon Rondo. I kind of like Rondo, though, in I, that role. I, I do too, if he's not having to do too much. I think LeBron likes him too. So maybe Rondo's your guy. If he's not your guy, Maybe a couple names you look at are like Pat Beverly. See if you can go get mm -hmm. Pat Beverly on a good deal. George Hill has a non-guarantee from the Bucks, um, so they could, if they're financially strapped, they might have to let George Hill go. You could go get George Hill, maybe bring him back with LeBron. Trevor Ariza, another dude. Yeah, on Trevor, a, a one-year uh, deal. Maybe, maybe you see if JJ Redick is not a high priority in Philly, mm. you can go steal a JJ Redick or like Danny Green. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Danny, Danny Green's out there. Amon Shumpert's going to be out there. Wes Matthews, for what he is, is still out there. I don't know. Maybe Marcus Morris isn't getting the money he, he thinks he should be getting, and you can get him at, a like, a discount. I, I'm just trying to throw out some names of guys that maybe you go out there and and maybe just, like, Rudy Gay's out there or or Damari Carroll's out there. And, and you just kind of make that work. Okay, Anthony Davis likes to play the four. You need a five. Maybe go... Really? Ennis, Ennis Canner out there? And yeah. you can go get Ennis Canner. Could you go try and get like a Robin Lopez? Could you try and go get like a like an Ed Davis or, or a Nerlens Noel? Like who's essentially like going to be the Brook Lopez? Like yeah. great value, overpay, overplays his contract... And like, you can go find those guys. Like those guys, Taj Gibson's out there. He just he got enormously overpaid by Minnesota. Maybe you can get him to take less because mm. he got overpaid. That's what you really need to be looking for in my eyes. Maybe a Wilson Chandler's out there, or a Jared Dudley, or a Jonathan Simmons. He has a non guarantee from Philly. There are guys out there. You can go get three, four, five of these guys with that twenty three million dollars and build a team. 
that like we saw with Toronto like yeah they had the guys up top but if Mark Gasol doesn't have his couple games if Fred Van Fleet doesn't have his finals MVP performances <laughs> come on Hubie Brown if Norm Powell's not out there actually playing some pretty good defense Danny Green had a, an explosive game three to, to help them in Six there threes yeah it they don't win that championship like Kawhi was hurt that's just superstars having to carry a team for a hundred games. Like that's just what happens. Kyle Lowry wasn't consistently good because he had never been there. If you bring in Kimbo and Anthony Davis, I, I assume they're going to be good, but they've never been there. Pascal Siakam had a good couple games, but he he struggled for for part of that series. Like yeah. he got benched at the end of Game Five. <laughs> yeah, he did. Like. There, there can be real problems with top three guys on your team that have never been there before whenever your goal is championship. Not just playoff, championship. Right. So it's like, you, you need other dudes. Are LeBron and Anthony Davis just so elite that you can get by with two superstars? I might try it. I think, and then if... You could always make a deal at the deadline. And, and then make a trade. Because someone on the last year of their deal or some disgruntled individual you can get for pennies on the dollar, they're going to be available. Like, the Lakers offseason is not going to be done until the trade deadline. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just the reality for the Lakers. So, I, I think you get pieces that maybe they're tradable. You get them on long enough deals to where they're tradable or you wait long enough to trade them. You get some really nice value. I think that's more where I'm leaning. Because I don't even know what stars taking $23 million to come be the third option in L.A. That's part of this, too, is how many guys can be the third option Yeah, that are superstars. Yeah. I feel like Jimmy's probably past that point in his career. I think so, too. Um, Kemba, you might be able to convince Kemba to do it. I think he has he, the mentality to do the third. The person. issue is he made NBA All-Third Team this year. So he's due for some super max money. He's, he would have to turn down, oh, over the course of his contract, about $100 million. And that's go, insane. Yeah, why would you turn down five-year, $220 million from New Orleans to go do a... Charlotte. Or, yeah, from Charlotte, sorry, to go do a four for 120 in L.A. You're, you lose a year off the deal and $100 million? Well, I, I don't know. My thought is, like, why not do a two plus one? Like, why not, like... That's what we've seen. I think if I were a star, like, I know you want guarantees because, like, injuries and stuff like that. But, like, two point, like, if you feel like you can stay healthy, why not take a one-on-one and just, like, see how it goes? Because next year's free agency pool is honestly trash. Yeah, it's not good. Like, Draymond's, like, one of the heads of it. And he's going to be, again, it's an aging Draymond. We've talked about that. Yeah, so maybe you just throw yourself back out there next year and just see what happens. I, You're probably not going to make a third team again. Yeah. So, I, I I say that's probably the only way you get one of those guys is to maybe it's like July 7th or 8th and they didn't really like what was out there for them and you can get them to take like that type of a deal and help you this year and say like, we'll figure out it, this situation again next year. And maybe that works for you. Part of me just wonders: Can the Lakers competently build a build a team? This, because like I mentioned earlier, like this deal, although you got the superstar, it felt like you were desperate to get a superstar. 
yeah. borderline how Toronto, like they were desperate to to get a Kawhi Leonard because otherwise they were blowing it up. Right. Like, they just they, they had no other options. Like their team had hit a ceiling. The Lakers, they were acting out of a point of desperation. Like this team is not going anywhere right now, even with just LeBron. So we had to do something about it. Okay. You've got to keep doing something, and I don't know if I trust them to do something intelligently, whether that is Akimba or whether that's a bunch of the dudes we rattled off as like good value for that money that they do have. Yeah, that's going to be tough because Rob Palinka so far has not shown any sign of competency in his role. You gave Lance Stevenson over $4 million. <laughs> oh, that's man. That's ridiculous. Um, let's talk about New Orleans now. We've talked about the Lakers enough. The team that, even though they lost a star, still might win the trade. Okay, so I really like this deal for the New Orleans. Like, yeah. So, I ragged on it before. I'll own that. But what changed was the number four, Lakers getting the number four pick. It looks a lot different if the Lakers had a number 11 pick. Oh, yeah. And if the Pelicans didn't have number one, if they had number seven or eight like they were supposed to. I'll tell you, I don't think this deal happens unless New Orleans landed the number one, yep. a.k.a. Zion, and the Lakers landed number four. Yep. I don't think this deal happens otherwise. Um, like, you would have had to have thrown in Kuzma and maybe another pick if the picks had fell like they were, quote-unquote, supposed to, right. according to lottery odds. And that's the crazy thing is, like, I mean, like, Anthony Davis could have been Nick instead but yeah. he's not he's a laker um like if you think about like the lineups they could have depending on like who they trot out there they could have drew holiday lonzo ball brandon ingram zion and then whoever, whoever they have at the five jaleel okafor that could or, be a really good defensive team oh that could like that backcourt it's like no one's getting in the paint <laughs> yeah and then like you have like ingram who's like kind of developed into a nice like ball handler who like can take the ball from Lonzo and like Lonzo doesn't have to do everything yeah Drew doesn't have to do everything and like everyone can kind of handle the ball like it's a Mm -hmm. really like lanky good team not a lot of shooting there yet but like that come that could come with time yeah that's why I think a stretch five is probably the the best fit there as like the last piece in that starting lineup so maybe that's why Julius Randle opted out um, of his player option because he didn't really see himself there. He had a decent year shooting from three, but it wasn't on high volume. And they, I think they need a high volume shooter in, in this lineup that you just mentioned. But you're right, it's a strong core. Like if New Orleans for years has felt like we don't have a nucleus to build around, they have one now. Right. And David Griffin, I mean, the dude takes like two years off from the NBA comes in and this is his first big move and i think he nailed it because this is something you can easily build around you can have depth with this now you can if you even want to flip some of this still this off season or next i think you'll still have good value with that you have two of the top four picks in the draft and a draft that a lot of people say is top heavy top heavy it's not super deep in terms of stars which i think i agree with on some level, there's a lot of good players, but not a ton of great players in it. So it's like, you made out as well as New Orleans has ever made out in any form of off-season deals. You're younger, but guys who have potential, like actual real potential, not just like, we hope this guy will work out. Like, No, I think 
Lonzo in this system, it's going to look a lot better because it's Alvin Gentry is like loves to play in transition. Right. What does Lonzo all love to do? Play in transition. Because he's not good in the half court. <laughs> but it's, he loves to play in transition. Drew Holiday loves to play defense. That's a part of Alvin Gentry saying get a steal and go. Get a, get a rebound and go. Drew Holiday is really good at that. And he's good playing off the ball. So it's okay if Lonzo's running the pick and roll. Because Drew Holiday can spot up and knock down a three um, at an average or above average clip in the NBA. Brandon Ingram, I think he's getting better as a shooter. Like He had real development. His issue, and you and I were talking about it off-air, is the health. Yeah. that I feel like New Orleans has to have some level of understanding that Brandon Ingram's okay. Yep. Because if he's not, this deal looks a little shakier, but I still, I, I think you have to take the bet. Right. And may, maybe that's the thing. They feel good about the other assets they're getting in this in this deal you're still getting zion at the end of the day too i know it wasn't a part of the trade package but you're still getting him at the end of the day right like there is a a great level of backup of certainty and zion i mean i guess i'm saying that knowing zion hasn't played a minute in the nba but the projection of zion is incredible and it feels good yeah um yeah i think the ingram i mean like blood clots are nothing to be like just like outside of a basketball standpoint like they're a serious health issue like they ended like the doctors wouldn't let chris bosh play late in his career because they were afraid for his health and like the possibility of dying like that's a serious thing mirza toledovic got into this this issue too i mean like it's a scary thing but like i feel like you would have to have like you were saying some sort of like no this like just a one-time like it was just a one-time thing, and usually from from what I've heard, if it's a one-time deal, you're you're okay. It's when it starts repeating, and as far as we know, that's not a thing. Ingram's recovering; it seems okay. So for the Pelicans, knowing that that he should be a, a go, you know, maybe you're cautious and and you have him on some sort of load management at least at the beginning of the season, just to make sure, because he's not really getting the offseason he would probably like either to to get himself ready and and stronger and 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 more refined in that jump shot Mm. um as a catch and shoot guy you you kind of ease him into the season maybe because i still think their expectations are pretty low for the pelicans like they're i i still don't think they should expect to be a playoff team right now not for the next like two years i don't think they're two years away yeah um and and i think that's probably the right approach but if they I think a reasonable goal for this team should be like 30, 35 wins this year. I feel like they could kind of be like the Mavericks this past season where it's like, could they push for a playoff spot? And then like in the later half of the season, it's like, oh. They- no, it's not the smart thing to do. Let's yeah. let's pull Tank. it back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably what they're going to look like depending on what Zion is. And obviously like you're going to have to let these guys just play and figure it out. Like, whoever you get with the fourth pick, or if they change that, like, trade up or try to trade up or trade back or trade that asset away entirely for, like, a solid player, like, who's already in the NBA, like, whatever that looks like. It's going to be interesting, though. Yeah, and so maybe your path is more like the Kings, where it's like, okay, 30-ish win year, 40-ish win year and then you start pushing towards the end of zion's rookie contract yeah because you still have him on good value and you can build around that a little more 
So yeah, I think if the Pelicans are reasonable about this, it's a big if, this will work out for them. And along with now all of their future picks and the Lakers' future picks they're getting, like you can just keep restocking your bench. You can keep just, if you want to start upgrading some of these guys, if they don't become all you wish they could, like, that's a possibility because you have assets in the cupboard to use. Whereas like the Celtics have had that for years and just never really used it. Yeah. The Pelicans, they can use them. They don't have to, but they have options that they've never had before. I think that's really important for this team is to have options. Well, I mean, look at the reigning NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. Like they just hit on their dudes late in draft, like Pascal Siakam. We talked about it on the last podcast, but like you can hit on dudes in the middle of the draft. Like even if that's where you're drafting and have the Lakers draft and you're getting fairly inexpensive good role players. Yeah, at the very least you can draft guys that are that can come in and help you right away. Even if they don't have huge upside, they can come in and help you right away. This year's draft out's like a like a Matisse Thibel out of Washington. That dude's played four years at Washington. He's gonna step into the NBA tomorrow and he's gonna knock down threes at a 33, 34% clip and play really good defense. That reality is what the Pelicans are going to get into. And if that's a guy there, like that would fit their team at that time, they'll have that option. Or if they are still looking for upside guys, they'll have that option. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good place to be if you're New Orleans. I think David Griffin, usually, yeah, if you usually lose a star, I usually can't give you like a super high praise, but I think this is about as high as I can give, knowing you still lost Anthony Davis in the trade. Yeah. So I think that gets into our last question that we have. I started to touch on it, but... So, Ryan, how do you think the rest of the league is feeling right now? So I will say this for Boston. I don't know if you remember, Paul George got traded. Not to the Boston Celtics. He did not. Oklahoma City Thunder. It kind of feels like that right now. It's like, what is Boston doing? Like, are they at home sleep? But, like, ultimately... Did they like, miss a phone call? <laughs> <laughs> like, ultimately, like... I think I texted you about this after the trade. I like them not including Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Like, I, I appreciate them saying, I think we'll stick with our young dudes. And I think that's the right move here for Boston. Because you can let these guys play. The East isn't, like, grueling... Like, the top is, but, like, Kawhi might not be in Toronto yeah. next year. And so, like, you kind of just trust your dudes and Brad Stevens, and, like, maybe you can get someone else and instead of Kyrie, keep Al, and you still have a really good roster. You still have a playoff roster, and you still have assets coming up. The biggest one is Memphis pick next year. Mm-hmm. Plus term- there's three draft picks this year in the first round. Exactly. Like, you feel good about that, which you could still flip for another dude. Yeah. Um, I feel like Brooklyn is probably... Brooklyn and New York are going to be the most disappointed out of the group. Because now this is, for them, more than Boston, this is really dependent on how free agency goes. Yeah. From all the reports, Brooklyn should feel a little better than the Knicks right now. But... There's no certainty, obviously, like we said with Kyrie. Like it sounds like him and Brooklyn are are getting close together, but maybe not. I mean, like reportedly, like this has been the reports for a long time. This is why AD to Boston was such a big thing. It's like Kyrie wants 
and Anthony Davis want to play together. Okay, where's Anthony Davis right now? Not in New York. Nope. Not in the five boroughs. He's in L.A. What do you think? It's like apparently LeBron and Kyrie have made up, and like Kyrie has a newfound respect for LeBron. So it's like, would he really go to the Lakers, take less money to go to the Lakers? I don't... Maybe, but the fact that it's still a maybe, like, should worry Brooklyn. The fact that KD is hurt should worry both Brooklyn and the Knicks. Brooklyn, maybe you still have a chance for Kawhi. Maybe. But I don't know how good of a chance it is. I just don't know what to do with Kawhi. Like, I feel like there's... Who knows what that man's thinking. There's, like, a strong chance he just stays. Like, he's like, ah, I moved my stuff already. Like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I don't feel like I ran a U-Haul. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, there's no read on him. And unless Brooklyn or New York has a good read on him, which I suspect they don't, because I don't think anybody in the nope. league has a good read I mean, on not Kai, at all. Kawhi, they should feel, like, really, really anxious about this upcoming free agency. Because they bet a lot on this yeah. year. Are the, are the Nets and the Knicks going to be fighting over D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> like, is that where they might be at? Possibly. And the fact that, like, that could be a very real reality for both of them should terrify both of their fan bases and their front offices, honestly. Like, this is not what we had envisioned. Yeah. I mean, like, another loser here is the Clippers, I think. Like, I don't know. Having to battle with the Lakers and the... Los Angeles feud of you're back to being little brother yeah. for sure. Because, like, the team they built this year was obviously better. I can't say that for this next year. Like, what, like, what, if you get Kawhi, sure, like, you have a really good shot. Like, Toronto proved that. But outside of that, like, there's not, there's no, like, reports of anybody being interested in the Clippers right now. No, not really. Outside of Kawhi, no, I, part of me thinks like a big swing guy for all these teams we're mentioning, not really Boston, but Brooklyn, New York, the Clippers, is going to be like a Jimmy Butler. Because I feel like he's pretty wide open right now. Like that dude's just kind of chilling away from the scenes, not really doing anything, not really talking to the media. Who knows what he's thinking right now? He's looking at all this. He's like, who do I want to play with? Where do I want to play? Because, I don't know, maybe it's Philly. Maybe it's New York. Maybe it's Brooklyn. Maybe it's the Clippers. He's like, I want to go play with Kawhi. Yeah. Well, like, that's an interesting point you bring up is, like, all of this stuff, like, indirectly affects so many other teams. There's so many Mm -hmm. ripple effects with this. Like, you have to feel like Philly is all of a sudden nervous. It's like, the Knicks have how much money to throw at whoever? Oh, God. And, like... Let's say Jimmy Butler walks. So you threw away Robert Covington. Darius Arich. You threw away... Markel Fultz. Yeah, you you got Landry rid of Shamit. Landry Shamit. For what? For... A second a, round exit? <laughs> the best playoff record against the eventual champs. Because <laughs> they went cool. seven games. Yeah, what, is that, what does that really mean or feel like? Because all it's going to feel like is... Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out on the court next year with some guys. Meme squad part so, two. <laughs> like there's a lot of teams that see this AD deal and they're like, not even if they weren't thinking they were going to get Anthony Davis, 
just how that impacts other free agents and now where they want to go or who they want to team up with like they are impacted by yeah. that i think that's important to realize it's like this isn't just a lakers pelicans move that's who we're gonna mainly focus on but it's not just about them because the nba it's not ever just about one guy or one team there's so much more to it that's why it's a 365 league yeah. that's why we get one day off after the finals and then we're getting hit with woge bombs exactly it's my favorite type of like twitter meme as woge bomb <laughs> like that has to be the best right the elmo one <laughs> the elmo one is so good uh nba twitter is the best type of twitter like that's the only reason i'm on twitter honestly oh yeah um matt do you want to talk about anything else before we wrap up this podcast today i think i'll just throw a a future shout out to the draft episode we'll have um the nba draft is on thursday so we'll probably like wednesday morning-ish release another episode um focusing on the draft um hopefully nothing else goes super bonkers between now and then (laughs) but who knows um so be on the lookout for that i know this episode will only have a couple days to breathe between now and then but we'd love for you to tune into that one um, before the draft comes out. We'll talk about some of the players that your team might end up with. Maybe you'll be happy about it. Maybe not. Probably not, because no fan ever is. I'm, I'm already but, not happy with the Thunder's pick. <laughs> you, hey, I bet. Who knows? I, I'm not going to say too much on them. Um, so just be on the lookout for that, because not, not to like say like I put a lot of work into it, so you should listen to it, but like there's a lot that, to me, like a draft can impact. Like yeah. you just, you can never know with a with a guy if he's gonna work out or not. But it's fun to try and predict and figure out now what guy, what situation will work. So that's what we're gonna try and do in our next episode. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I've started going through. I'm gonna start watching. I've started watching a little bit of clips of your mock draft because. Like, I saw some of these guys in the tournament. But who wants to watch college basketball? Yeah, exactly. That's my issue. Score 60 points oh, per gosh. game. I'm going to have to do a lot of a lot of watching film. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm really excited for a draft podcast. By the way, last Thunder note here, last time I'll mention it, I think Steven Adams might get traded on draft night. Ooh. Just, just a thought. Who knows? Um, anyway... Thank you so much for listening to Couch GM Podcast. This has been episode 35. Remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Uh, Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, Give us a rating and review. We'd greatly appreciate that. And don't forget, we are on Instagram. You can find us at uh, Couch GM Podcast. Uh, Give us a follow. Uh, We have a post out now. First post during the podcast. Go check it out. Um, We greatly appreciate you following us on Instagram as well. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back in a couple days for our draft podcast.